Oklahoma crushed on the recruiting trail in the month of July, but who was their top recruiter? We'll discuss that and more on tonight's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. And this first segment is going to be brought to you by LinkedIn, our recruiting partner here on the Locked On Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. And the Oklahoma Sooners have found the right people for their team quite frequently in the month of July, both in the 2024 recruiting class and the 2025 cycle. I mean, last week was just 2025, just taking the reins all of a sudden uh, out of the 2024 cycles hands. So that brings us to this question, Josh, who was Oklahoma's top recruiter in the month of July? Well, the beautiful thing about it is you can have a heck of a conversation on this front. And, you know, if you widened the parameters out to, you know, which I think some people when they they hear this or think of this will probably do just that, widen the parameters out to, okay, well, what have the last couple of months looked like for Oklahoma? Just the the summer recruiting for OU since you kind of got into uh, obviously the, the the meat and potatoes of the recruiting calendar for Oklahoma who, who takes the cake as the Oklahoma assistants? Because, okay, if you look at just the 24 class in the month of July, you almost backtrack at a couple of days. Technically, Ivan, Ivan Carrion was June 30th, but it's like, okay, well, I mean, that was basically July, right? Uh, the flip uh, from Texas Tech to Oklahoma. But technically it wasn't, right? Okay, technically it wasn't. So Devon Mitchell, uh, a tight end. That's the highest rated tight end in the, the history uh, of recruiting for Oklahoma. Jaden Jackson, uh, a surprising commitment for Oklahoma that a lot of people didn't necessarily know or think was going to happen. Zion Raggins, uh, when you think of uh, Emmett Jones, Tatum, nation's top running back uh, for one DeMarco Murray, even Mr. Biedenboe got into the action with uh, Eugene Brooks. So you can have a very interesting uh, debate about this. If I'm taking it back just a little bit, into the month of June, really just the, the heart of the summer. Like if you change again, the parameters from July to just the, the heart of the summer for Oklahoma, I think the choice is Emmett Jones with what he's done in the 24 and 25 cycles. But the beauty of this question, John is you can make a nice argument for DeMarco. You can make a nice argument for Joe John Finley you can make, okay, is there some late momentum here as we'll dive into a little bit deeper with Coach Biedenboe, but uh, just the way collectively Oklahoma's staff has been recruiting, John, I'm leaning Emmett Jones, but, man, uh, flowers across the board for a lot of Oklahoma's assistants. And could we even throw Skip Johnson into the mix 
for what uh, Oklahoma was able to pull off with Taylor Tatum getting the nation's number one running back, a composite 247 Sports five-star player. I mean, you got to throw him in there as an honorable mention as well, but I'm going to I'm going to lean kind of Todd Bates because in all of the commitments that they got in the month of July, Jaden Jackson was the one that seemed the the least likely until like a couple of days before the commitment happened. And I mean, I know there's a lot that went into that, but who's the lead recruiter in that one? Todd Bates. So I think that that to me, that's a big one, a big win for him and for the Oklahoma Sooners. But you're right. I mean, they've had so many big wins for them. Davin Mitchell and Joe John Finley. That was huge. Now you also give, again, an honorable mention to Michael Hawkins being a big time, you know, a big friend and or good friend of, you know, Mitchell's going way back. That kind of thing matters. And but Joe John Finley was able to make that work for him and for the University of Oklahoma in landing Mitchell, one of the top players in the 2024 class and could end up being a five star player by the end of the cycle. So you're right, man. There have been so many really big wins. You know, the Eugene Brooks win beating out Texas for that that recruitment or that commitment, uh, the Reagan's win, you know, beating out Georgia, beating out Florida state. Like these are huge wins and, and there hasn't been any small potatoes, uh, wins for the Sooners. And they've got potentially another commitment that could occur on the 31st. Um, we're recording Sunday night. So Michael, Michael Patterson, McDonald, is going to commit on the 31st in the evening. Uh, and that's looking like it's going Oklahoma's way too. So you're looking at, you know, Brandon Hall, Jay Valai getting in on the action as well. So, I mean, everybody's kind of had their hand, in building this recruiting class in the month of July by being able to lock up some big time commitments. My final vote will be to Emmett Jones just for the collective push. Sheer that, numbers. Crazy. Yeah. You, you know, sheer numbers. So even if you don't go all the way back to, you know, Oklahoma's first commitment in the 24 class, remember was, uh, was March 25th. So it, uh, you know, I mean, the first commitments then. And so everything that we've seen so far is after that. So it's not that far back that we're going, you know, what, three months for Emmett Jones and Oklahoma made their first splash with Kelly Daniels. And then, of course, Zion Kearney. But even if you just take it back to I'm saying that it's essentially a month to June 20th, a month and change. Right. Well, you're talking about Dozy. Ezukami. You're talking about Ivan Carrion as a flip. You're talking about Raggins. You're talking about Elijah Thomas. And uh, in you know, then obviously uh, you'd go a little bit further back again with Grayson Harris in the 25 class. But I think you have to say assistant coach award of the last however little bit, even though there's an interesting debate because of just again what DeMarco did and what Joe John Finley did and, and even Beatonbo and others. I think it's gotta be just the collective nature of it for Emmett Jones, but it just speaks, I think, I think to uh, what this staff again, as a group, John has done. Yeah. And if the buzz is correct, he could potentially land another wide receiver commitment here in the next couple of weeks in the 2025 cycle, which, uh, you know, Isaiah Mose out of Lee summit North was down for the Sooners under the stars uh, event. And it sounds like everything continues to trend Oklahoma's direction for the four star wide receiver in the 2025 cycle. Again, he's off to, I believe he's off to Oregon now taking a visit as well. So that could certainly change some things, but Emmett Jones probably in the last eight months has been Oklahoma's most uh, effective recruiter, you know, picking up two transfer additions, seven uh, high school commitments uh, in the 2024 and 2025 cycles. It's been absolutely crazy what he's done, but man, it's what's fun about this is that, 
so many of their assistants have had big time recruiting wins. And I think that's, that's the thing that continues to blow me away is just how good of a recruiting staff Brent Venables has put together on both sides of the football. And it's, it's bearing out seemingly every single week. Now that we're in the kind of the, the final stretch of the 2024 cycle before, you know, the high school season starts, we're about to see, you know, several five stars come off the board. We're waiting on decisions on Williams, Winery and David Stone and Dominic mm-hmm. McKinley. Uh, and then, you know, the Caden Durham thing, which we'll get into a little bit here in a second, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you know, Grant Bricks, who we'll talk about here later in the show as well. There's a lot of uh, big time names that people have been tracking for a long time that still have decisions to make. And Oklahoma's right in the thick of it for a lot of these really high profile targets. We'll talk about a couple of the running backs that Oklahoma might be. We'll, we'll see where Oklahoma lands with these, but we'll talk about them after I talk to you about our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with one over 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, Josh, we've got a couple of Oklahoma's targets that uh, at the running back position who dropped top three lists over the, I think it was on Sunday evening that they each did. Uh, let's start with Caden Durham because that's the one where um, that is maybe the most high profile. And you know, Oklahoma has been in the thick of it for this guy uh, for a while. The Duncanville native um, who is good friends with David Stone and Michael Patterson McDonald. Uh, but he dropped his top three that includes Oklahoma, LSU and Texas A&M. Um, you know, he was was in Baton Rouge and decided he was going to change his commitment date. It seems like all the buzz based on, you know, what guys like Parker Thune are saying that. Caden Durham's heading towards LSU at this point. Now, LSU is always going to be the biggest threat to Oklahoma in this recruitment. One, the track team, that's a big draw for him as well. Uh, but also a guy that the LSU is recruiting heavily against uh, Texas for Colin Simmons, the five-star defensive end, uh, could be trending that way as well. Uh, and uh, good buddies, the two of them. So there's a good chance that they could end up going to LSU together. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where Caden Durham lands at this point. Yeah, I mean, it feels like this is probably starting to shift and in, in swinging LSU's way based on the the visit and the the commitment date. And 
look, when somebody like Parker Thune flips a prediction from Oklahoma to LSU, he's not just doing that uh, on a complete whim here. I mean, obviously there's some smoke and uh, good chance there could be fire away to uh, LSU. Bottom line is Oklahoma's got Xavier Robinson in this class. They've got Taylor Tatum, the nation's top running back in this class. And, uh, oh, by the way, you got Hicks, you got Smothers, you got Barnes, you got Sawchuck. So, you know, you can't win them all. And even though, even though to me, I could make a pretty strong argument that, you know, why wouldn't you want to come be a pairing with a Tatum? A lot of the items that we've talked about or, or a trio with uh, Xavier Robinson in this class, just because, yeah, there's something to be said for coming in and being the the star, but we've seen running back tandems at Oklahoma. When you think about P. Ryan, when you think about Mixon, we've seen uh, a running back duo at Georgia in uh, a Rose Bowl. Yeah, it's uh, a little ways back now. All of a sudden, but uh, I mean, we've seen these these terrific running back tandems where it works out for all parties, and it saves some carries off your body. And oh, by the way, everybody goes and gets their bag too afterwards. So I mean, if it's just uh, an opportunity at LSU to be the lead running back. I think everybody sort of understands that, yeah, there's a lot of uh, cooks in the kitchen, a lot of folks toting the rock probably in the future at Oklahoma. And ultimately that's, that's tough to overcome in some instances, John, if, uh, if that's the most important component to it, again, I could make a strong argument that, you know, you probably want to surround yourself with guys that will uh, take some of those carries off your plate a little bit, but just sort of feels like, again, the writing is on the wall here that, maybe John, there's just one too many talented running backs in Norman, Oklahoma. It always seemed odd to me that they would take three running backs in a cycle. Now I'm, I'm not one to sit here and question, you know, Brent Venables and DeMarco Murray and, and that whole recruiting staff. They're great. It just seemed like it was going to be an odd fit, an odd mix because of the depth that they already have at the position. And then you add three more guys to it. And then it, you know, just creates a little bit of a log jam uh, for the future. And, you know, there is only so many carries to go around, but eventually you, so it, it always felt like it was going to end up at two, but you just never know how they would end up deploying these guys once they got them on campus. And we've talked about how developmental pathways for everybody isn't exactly the same. You know, a guy that's able to contribute as a freshman and sophomore, you know, one guy might be able to do that. Another guy might not be able to contribute until he's a sophomore or junior. That's just the way developmental stuff works. And everybody's on a little bit different timeline. So it, it, it doesn't surprise me so much that that Caden Durham is trending now toward LSU. I think it's going to be a great fit for him in a, an offense that's going to allow him to, you know, both run and catch the ball. I think it's going to allow you know be a. I don't want to you know compare him to a, like a Clyde Edwards Hilaire because I think he's probably faster than that. But somebody who's going to have a chance to to make some big time plays down in Baton Rouge, and he'll be a fan favorite because of his speed. He's an electric player. And, you know, I was having this discussion with one of my writers and, you know, we're talking about how it's, it's not really a loss because of the depth that Oklahoma has on the depth chart. And, and the way I like to try to, to evaluate these recruits and the commitments, it's like, just look at them in their own light. And if they're a good player and you didn't get them, it's a loss, no matter what else you have. So, but you can feel, you can feel okay because you've got Taylor Tatum, you've got Xavier Robinson, and you've got you know, your 2022 and 2023 running backs, you can feel okay about it, but it's still okay to like to, to say like, yeah, that was a loss. Like it's a, it's a miss because he's a good player going somewhere else that you didn't get. 
And like you said, Josh, you're not going to be able to get them all, but, and, and you can feel comfortable about what you have in your room, but still Caden Durham's an electric player. That's going to go play for a team that you're going to have to compete against down the road in the, in the sec. So it, it is a bit of a loss, but again, DeMarco Murray has been fantastic on the recruiting trail over the last few years, getting Taylor Tatum. I mean, I'm not, this is no critique of DeMarco Murray. Don't mistake that, but it is a loss because he's a great player. That's going to go play for somebody else. Any thoughts on Caden Durham before we move the needle here? Just that last piece. I mean, obviously it would be better for Oklahoma if you wound up in that dream scenario and, and who knows, right? I, I know that uh, Parker Thune is, ha, has flipped his prediction and probably there's other dominoes in that respect to follow here, but you can't totally count out DeMarco in Oklahoma just yet. I know that it feels like, okay, that this is swung LSU's direction, but technically there's not been a commitment yet. And until there's a commitment and until there's a signature, you've got Oklahoma, you've got DeMarco Murray, and you've got some strong arguments to make, some of which we've made right here on this program uh, tonight. So this this thing's not done, but if it goes that direction, yeah, it's it's a loss because Caden Durham might wind up being an NFL running back. Uh, again, you, you watch what he can do and just the electricity out of the backfield, whether it's running or catching the football, yeah, I mean, you're talking about this is a blue chip superstar type running back in his own right. So, yeah, you would have loved to have had that dream scenario where you wind up with a Robinson, Tatum, and Durham. But, yeah, it feels like it's just not going to play out that way. Again, not worth panicking about because no. Oklahoma's in this great situation. But I hear what you're saying, too, which is it's okay for a fan to be like, ah, which Durham had come to Oklahoma, too. Right. Well, it's so it, it goes back. It goes back to the Colton Vasek flip for me. We were so pumped about getting this four-star prospect, a guy with great size, great you know potential on the edge. That uh, was going to be a part of Brent Venables and Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis's defensive line. And then he flips to Texas. And for, I'm not going to say every Oklahoma fan, but for a lot of Oklahoma fans, all of a sudden he was no good or he wasn't as good as people thought he was. And so I, 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 I only say all of this to be like, listen, if Caden Durham chooses to go out to LSU, he's still a really good player, even if he didn't choose Oklahoma. So let's, let, it's okay to like recognize and acknowledge like he's still a really good player. Oklahoma's still got a really good situation. It's a bummer. We missed, but he's still really, really good. So I just don't want us to do the thing. And I don't think our fans, our listeners, but maybe new listeners might. I don't think we're doing this but there are people out there that do do this where they automatically begin to downplay somebody's talent just because they didn't pick the school. Let's not do that. He's a great player. We'd, we would have loved to have him on our team, but he's not coming to our team. We don't think probably, probably <laughs> not potentially allegedly. Um, but he's still a really good player. Sorry. Rant over done. Let's talk Andy Bass, the uh, three-star athlete. Uh, potentially a running back, you know, in the mix, or maybe a slot wide receiver. Who knows where he can line up for any number of teams? Uh, but he dropped his top three as well on Sunday, and that included the Oklahoma Sooners, the Syracuse Orangemen, and the Kansas State Wildcats. Josh, is it just me, or I'm just getting the feeling that Kansas State is going to be the new thorn in Oklahoma's side as they recruit kind of the Midwest and. Oklahoma and Texas and all that. 
Maybe, you know, I think the uh, the Big 12 in general, and not to turn this into a, hey, what's the future of the Big 12 conversation, but as as you start thinking about, you know, Oklahoma and Texas's moves to the SEC and just what the 2023 season in the Big 12 might hold for both OU, Texas, and obviously for everybody else in the league, you've got Kansas State, who's the defending Big 12 champion, and you know, obviously the league itself is about to radically shift now and into the future, the Colorado news. And I don't know, are there other dominoes out West? So just uh, all of it, what it's going to wind up being, we don't know. Now it would behoove Kansas state more, I think than it would probably Oklahoma and Texas just because OU and Texas are established brands, right? If K-State goes and wins this conference again next year, and then all of a sudden OU and Texas are gone, you know, what does that mean for who K-State can become? Long-winded way to say, yeah, I'm with you. I think Kansas State is going to be with Coach Kleiman, who I have a ton of respect for. I think they're going to be in the mix, right? It's not surprising that Kansas State is, uh, it's like, Every once in a while, you know, a Bricks or others, you look up Bass in this instance, like Kansas State, what? And, and yeah, I mean, that could very well be Kansas State for these types of regional recruits that they're kind of, you know, you hope they're not a big thorn in your side. I think Oklahoma and a lot of these recruitments, Oklahoma is probably where most recruits would say, yeah, I'm leaning Oklahoma, but probably, yeah, Kansas State's going to be a familiar face going forward for all of those long-winded uh, set of reasons. Yeah. So Andy Bass, uh, the talented Oklahoma product, um, an incredible athlete that I really feel like they could, they could fit as a slot receiver, as a running back, Kansas state being in the top three, not all that surprising. He's going to get opportunities there. It, you know, he is a dynamic player that's able to make a lot of plays happen, uh, both with his, you know, his agility and his quickness, and he's got really, really good speed as well. So it's a very intriguing option for, you know, Chris Kleiman and the Wildcats, you know, at, as they look for kind of that next Deuce Vaughn or next Darren Sproles, someone who might not necessarily be the the biggest of backs, but somebody who's a really good player and, and just going to be able to make a lot of things happen electric with the football. And that brings us to our, our next uh, potential Oklahoma, Kansas state shootout. And that's for our grant bricks, grant bricks, the talented four-star offensive lineman out of Iowa. Um, you know, everything is still very much up in the air. Um, this guy is the number five offensive tackle in the 2024, sorry, the 24-7 sports composite, uh, a top 100 player in the composite, number one player in the state of Iowa. Um, a lot of it's it's still probably unknown uh, who necessarily is in the lead here, but it sounds like based on someone I talked to that Oklahoma made a really strong impression at the party at the palace and everything could be shifting in Oklahoma's direction. And, you know, Bill Beatonbow, he's a he's a great recruiter. We talked about it a little bit earlier. He's a fantastic recruiter. Jeff Levy, being an offensive line you know, guy his, in his past and his history, I think that allows him to kind of tag team with Bill Beatonbow a little bit to go deeper on the offensive line discussion and how people are going to get deployed and what the system is going to look like. Uh, and be able to kind of share that and, and have those conversations. Um, so you don't just get your offensive line coach, you get your offensive coordinator in those discussions as well. And so I think that that, that bodes, that bodes well for, for this, uh, this recruitment, um, you know, who knows where it will end up. I think from what we understand, according to Parker Thune, that they want to probably wrap this up here in the next few weeks. Uh, but, 
yeah, it's, it's looking good for Oklahoma again, Nebraska, Kansas state are going to be, you know, players in this recruitment. Um, and then who else? Uh, yeah. Nebraska, Kansas state, Oklahoma is kind of where it seems like the, the favorites lie. Now who's in the lead for them. It's hard to say at this point, but Oklahoma's right there in the mix. And that's where you got it. That's you got to be in the mix to get a commitment. Yeah. I, I mean, you could, could make the argument that uh, it was the most important prospect on campus that you were trying to make some headway with this past weekend. And, you know, a lot of the uh, names on campus were already committed names to uh, Oklahoma that, you know, obviously a handful uncommitted guys and Grant Bricks, just because of what has happened in, uh, in this cycle for Oklahoma at times, again, I think you could make a, a nice little argument that that was uh, maybe the most important name at the, the party at the palace for Oklahoma. So good to hear that Oklahoma made uh, some strides and was impressive. You would expect no different. Again, uh, you, you look at Kansas state, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Well, Kansas State, uh, you know, Big 12 champions, great offensive line history at Kansas State. Uh, so, you know, you, easy argument there. Nebraska, what they're trying to build, build with Matt Rule, not not a lot, uh, you know, proven there in that respect. And then Oklahoma, who Oklahoma's been. I, I like Oklahoma from that standpoint, but it just sounds like there was a healthy lead that you had to – or probably are still having to try and make up John against Kansas state, right? It's like Kansas state got out to this healthy lead at one point. And so you're just still constantly trying to, to make that up. But what you hear from this weekend is that Oklahoma maybe did make a, a healthy margin of that up. And we'll see where it all lands. We'll, you know, as the uh, recruitment period goes dark and we kind of get into the non-communication, you know, period of things starting this week, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this all kind of transpires. I mean, again, we've got Grant Bricks coming up. We've got Josh Isosa coming up. We've got Michael Patterson McDonald coming up on the 31st. we got Caden Durham later this month. we got Williams Winery. Uh, so many guys. <laughs> Can't even think of them all. Grant Bricks. David I don't Stone. have the list right in front of me. Who? David Stone. David Stone, obviously. Of course. Sorry, Mr. Stone. Forget you. I did not mean that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see where how this all plays out. We got fall camp starting up this week. OU Media Days is on Tuesday. I'll be in attendance. Josh, you're going to be in attendance. Uh, yeah, I sh I should be out. Yeah, at Media Days as well. I'll be popping in and out as uh, Plank and I do a little hot potato on the radio side. But yeah, I'll be over that way. He's Josh has got to work. He'll he'll be working and also getting that intel as well from the coaches and the players as we get to meet with them on Tuesday. Uh, in Norman. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Try to have some video to be able to bring to the show and audio as well for those on the podcast side of things. And uh, so stay tuned for that. Again, be subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, trying to hit 5,000 subscribers by the end or by the beginning of the football season, we're a little over 300 away. So you're going to be a big part in helping us reach that big milestone. So thank you so much for, for making that a part of, uh, yeah, just what we do here and, and being a part of what we do. We're so thankful for you. Uh, follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on ref. Follow myself at John nine Williams. Follow the show at locked on Sooners and on Facebook, locked on Sooners podcast until the next time, the Monday night, 9 PM central time live show. He's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Boomer Sooner.